Are you as mean as you look in the films? Well, it depends what films you're looking at. <laughs> They were a 7-8 and eight team. That's why all the people now talking about them only being a 6-7 to seven win team this year is insane. And it's asinine. And you guys are going to find that out. I, I don't even... If we can talk about it all you want, it, time's going to tell. Either I'm going to be right or I'm going to be wrong. Jordan Love could be great. Or he'll do what most QBs do in the NFL. Suck ass. Pump the damn brakes and get real NFL and NFL analysts. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. And what is going on, Windy City Sports Talk fans? It's your boy, Brandon Combs, along with Ryan Fitzgibbons. After listening to that intro, seeing the great, late, great uh. Dick Buckus, um, you know, I I was wrong. I was wrong about the Bears. <laughs> I, I, I said, either I'm going to be right or I'm going to be wrong. Guys, I, I, was, I was wrong. But anyway... If you guys miss any part of today, all start offense, the entire offensive line. <laughs> if you miss any part of the show, you can't check us out on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music, and Pandora. I'll stop playing it when you stop laughing. <laughs> I, it'll it'll never not be funny. It's it's like the JTO Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. Braxton Jones, Shimmy, yeah, literally straight. LOL. The line might be better without him. Yeah, That's yeah. So, at any rate, it's been a been a long week, but we got a whole lot of things going on in the sports world. We've got to get to. We've got two Bears games to discuss tonight. We've also got some Cubs to talk about. Are they going to get Pete Alonso? And. We're going to talk some baseball playoffs. And of course, I've got to spin the wheel of death again. Two weeks in a row. We're we're swapping it out. You did it the first two weeks. I've done it the second two weeks. You we're took it for the team. Five. I did it. take it for the team. Yeah. I did. I felt bad for you. And then I went out and lost up outright in, in the week four. <laughs> I had some bad picks too. So I shouldn't be talking. I had some miserable picks, but Tampa, yeah. Tampa, who knew Baker would, would, would help me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the, I had the Raiders. Uh, I had plus six and a half on the Raiders, which was a great call, except they lost by seven. So <laughs> I yeah, lost last tough. week by a half a point. You lost by a hook. Lost by a hook. As soon as I put this hot poker in my ass, I'm going to chop my dick off. But look, it's been 347 days yeah! since we've had we got a, a show team. after a Bears victory. We got a win, baby. And it's we Friday. got 
it, it is Friday. We got a win. The Bears looked relatively good. Like grown ass man punched him in the mouth. Like that offensive line, I haven't seen play like that. And I can't remember. Maybe when, uh, um, I mean, I can't remember. Against a really, really good front four, man. Brown was on the line. Yeah. (laughs) Olin Krutz and. Or we could go back to Jay Hilgenberg <laughs> yeah. and Tom Thayer and Jimbo Co. If you want to go that far back, busted a very good, arguably the best defensive line in the league. You could make that argument if you wanted to. Definitely had some of the most pressures. A lot of the guys did. They had a healthy Chase Young back who played some stupid plays. Had some good plays, but had some kept coming up field a little bit too much but have they figured this thing out are they gonna write the ship i i tell you i thought they'd be a physical team like this i thought that was the team he was putting together like a pittsburgh starting a pittsburgh type organization like all the everything he did other than even kind of what he did on the defensive line he'd rather have two tackles than go up and get the one tackling and i think in his mind what he was thinking is we cannot fix this defense this year there's no way and i think he he did think it was going to be better i think uh, everflus had a great his best coach game since the patriots game at least but probably his best coach game and it had to be he was a desperate man he was sweaty and swarthy like he was in an interrogation room or something but I, yeah, I mean, it felt great watching them be able to celebrate felt great. And, you know, Justin Fields, uh, he deserves to be dancing in a fucking locker room if anybody does, because at the very least, he's a slightly above average quarterback at the very least at the floor. That's what he is. He's the best backup quarterback in the league or the second or third best at at, at least. That's his floor now. Um, and I'll do, we'll do, we could do a little victory lap if I want to. Uh, this was the guy we saw. This was the guy we saw last year when we were, when we couldn't, we didn't know really how to edit videos and put them on the show. <laughs> but we saw him in the all 22s in the Detroit game when he looks off the safety and he throws the Mooney in the back of the end zone. He did a little bit of that to Cole Komet. Man, he was shimmying and shaking. He in that Denver game, he had a couple of, there was a Patrick Mahomes play. The play to Cole Komet. And when he had that defensive guy, who I don't know what he was doing, by the way, like just run up and tackle him. He was like afraid to tackle him. <laughs> and he throws to Khalil Herbert. And I didn't call him Khalil Mack, thank God. But it was fun. It was fun. Even the Denver game. He threw it to Khalil Herbert, and then Khalil Herbert like tore his ankle off of his body. <laughs> And then tried to come back into the game three plays later. Nice. It was like the it, 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 he looked like old Yeller. Like That's you needed nice. to take him out back and just put him down after he came back out onto the field. I felt bad. I love Khalil Herbert. I really do. Yeah, but, fucking broke my back pretty much. Did he break yeah, him back? Basically, <laughs> I mean, pretty much. <laughs> but no, I look fields. Looks great. This offense looks like it's slowly starting to turn it around. It feels looks like that quarterback that we've said that he is for a, a while now that a lot of people argue with us about John Fitzgibbons. 
a lot of people argue about whether or not he could throw the deep ball. And what we've seen and what we've said is he's a one of the best deep ball passers in all of the NFL. Some of those balls, like he's look, he still has deficiencies. He's still missing those medium throws. He's still over and under throwing receivers on the medium routes. He did it last night to, to uh, more, what what could have been the fourth touchdown of Moore's night. Right. But, when are we Those are things that can be worked out once you get the right personnel. I shouldn't say the right person, the right coaching staff around him. Those things can be developed. We don't have that right now. And we were about to get that right now until they went out and decided to win a freaking football game last night when they said, if the Bears lose, there's going to be a coaching change. Do you believe that? I do not. I, I never did. I just didn't really see the point. Like, do you think polls in his second year and Kevin Warren in his first year are going to do something like that? At some point you need, even if it's the wrong way, we need to be going in a direction for more than two or three years. Or four with Nagy, I guess, but whatever. We have to some there has to be some continuity here. And and for all of his flaws, which they're obvious, there's no way they're firing him, Jeremiah. Thank you. I just I just don't believe it. Not just because of this organization. I just I don't see it. And I don't see I mean, I guess the Williams thing is weird. The Williams thing is weird, not to mention they hired Eberflus two weeks before they hire Poles. This isn't Poles' guy. He's doing a terrible job. That even look, I get they won last night, Chicago fans. I get it. But that defense still looked pretty damn bad. There were a lot of holes still on that defense that Washington's offense just was not equipped to take advantage of. Half the defense is hurt. I mean, but if they were playing that game, if they're playing that game last night against, let's say I'm going to pick a middle of the road team. Let's say the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert picks him apart for 500 yards passing. Because the middle of that defense is open all night. They might still score 40, but they might lose 43 to 40. Well, TJ Edwards, who just became a captain for, I, I don't know what reason, can't cover anybody. He couldn't cover my five-year-old to go to bed i mean which i can barely <laughs> do anyway so i don't know what i'm saying but if tj I, this guy was billed to be a lot better than this and he I, maybe he's hurt i don't know what's going on but that's part of the reason plus you have a defensive line so those linebackers have to pull in i don't is he hurt or or is it the fact and this is what i truly believe Guys like TJ Edwards, guys like Tremaine Edmonds, guys like Eddie Jackson, they're not buying in to Eberflus's scheme because it's a bad scheme. When you've got a scheme of a cover two, but you bring your linebackers in while you're pushing your safeties out and you're leaving a 20-yard gap in the middle of the field, it's a bad scheme. And I don't care. I don't want to hear about how bad the offensive line is, so they have to come help out the... You cannot leave the middle of the field open in the NFL. It is going to get you killed, and it got you killed through the first four weeks in the NFL. 
You lost that game to Denver on Sunday when you were smacking them in the mouth the same way you were Washington. The difference was they have a quarterback who was still capable of making you pay for those mistakes in the middle of the field, and that's exactly how they came back and beat the Chicago Bears last week. A team that should be 2-3 and three is now 1-4 and four because this defensive scheme is horrendous and it's not changing because our defensive coordinator is also now our head coach who who's <laughs> whose fault is that you knew whoever floos was you knew he who he was when he took this job well right but the guy who hired him is a guy who's no longer who was never in with the organization who actually is with the colts no, and his name is napoleon they had the same soft coverage the only difference was is they had a hall of fame uh, uh middle linebacker and Brian Urlacher, and they had Tommy Harris for three or four years. That's the only difference. Hubbard, that- too, does not. This is not the same Mark NFL Tremora. it was when those guys were playing. No, no, no. Mark Chamora used to, used to dice them up before he got convicted of statutory rape. You're not playing yeah. the same pocket passers. You're not playing the same pocket passers that you were when Brian Urlacher and the, those guys were playing the cover too. You're not playing the stationary quarterbacks anymore. You're playing the athletic quarterbacks now. That's what the NFL is. And that's what this coaching staff still has shown the inability to do. And that inability is to adjust to the new NFL. To <laughs> They, they don't adjust their offensive yeah. game plan to to an athletic quarterback, and they don't ch- adjust their defense to an athletic quarterback. They want to play a cover two, and they're going to get picked apart again. It doesn't matter. And they adjust their defense a little bit. They said, hey, you can pick us apart, but at least at the very least. Isabel Zabio checking in. Five, five. <laughs> you might. She took Megan TV's <laughs> motto. Yes. They... I mean, this is the this is basically the cover two. The talent they gave him was no defensive line, so those those linebackers are going to be sucked in whether they can run or not. And where? Why isn't Tremaine Edmonds, who you're given eighteen million dollars a year, why the hell is he not? Why isn't he a game wrecker? He's six four because he cramps every other play. <laughs> He lays down on the field with cramps every other play. Look, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio drinking cranberry juice in the department. You, you can't tell me that they don't have the the same. I wouldn't say that Eberflus was dealing with Yannick Ngakwe in Indianapolis. I had a sack last night. Eberflus was dealing with with an offensive line or a defensive line that that wasn't the greatest, but he still made some. He is not a head coach in the NFL. He is, this scheme does not work in today's NFL. It just doesn't. And next, uh, next week they've got Minnesota. I'm telling you, Minnesota is going, uh, Kirk cousins is going to throw four touchdown passes against the bears next week. Yeah. I mean, but this is still, I'll keep saying this. This is the cover too. This is what they play. This is what they bought. And then they didn't the get them, they didn't get him a three technique and they trade away who right now is the best linebacker in the league, at least the best middle linebacker, whether you're, you know, depending on him, whether you're playing a three, four or four, three best linebacker in the league, Roquan Smith, they get rid of him and they bring in Tremaine Edmonds because they want a taller 
guy who they think could be better in coverage, and he doesn't do neither. So Fitz, answer me this question: If if your you boss comes in for this defense, man, I, I don't know what else to tell you. You're you're in sales. If your boss or any of your uh, of the people who uh, whatever you're gonna say are buying from you, <laughs> if, if if any of those people say, "Look, Fitz, what you're doing right now doesn't work for us," are you gonna say to them, "Well, this is what I am." This is who I am. Or are you going to say, okay, what do you need me to do to get better? Are you going to adjust your game plan to keep the people that are purchasing from you and to keep your job with your boss? Or are you just going to continue to be the same shithead and get yourself fired? You have no idea what I do, do you? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to go where the money is. I'm in sales for Christ's sake. I'm one level. I'm one slightly, one slight level up from a lawyer, <laughs> one sliver. But, and I get that. And he did change last night. He was, who is this Stroman, by the way? I mean, the guy was hurt for three years. What was up? Has some pedigree. Uh, why? I mean, that those questions should start. Or, or I forget his first name, but Smith, the guy uh, that they drafted, had a good game before he got hurt too. And then they had the fullback playing safety. They really didn't have that, but pretty close. Uh, but this Stroman sack interception, great interception, actually played uh, your boy Sam Howell, your boyfriend. Listen. Do you do you know there there are two things last night that gave me a sports stiffy. One one was the way that the Bears played all night. And the second thing the second thing is when you were experimenting in college. No. My god. The second thing was seeing the guy in the guy on the headset for the offensive plays for Washington last night, Eric B enemy. Cause that guy should be our head coach. And if that guy came over to be our head coach, I'm telling you right now, Justin Fields would be an all pro quarterback. Yeah. That whole Sam Howell thing. I, I'm not sure that's going to work out, but he does the best with what he's got. If I told you going into Sunday that Justin Fields was sixth in the league in passing and first tied for first in the league in touchdown passes. I still don't have a comment from doubting Tom. Would you believe me? I feel like he's hiding. Yeah. No, I would believe you because I saw the state. I couldn't believe it when you texted me. Yes. Because I, you know, work today, you know, and didn't sleep obviously a lot last night. I was pretty pumped from the game even though I watched by myself. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I didn't. I I mean, I didn't believe it until you said it. Yeah, he's one game up. But that, I mean, that doesn't mean as much. Yeah, yeah so, so, so what? So he'll be. Touchdowns. Yeah. He'll still be in the top five come next, uh, next Sunday. And it, now you have a whole weekend off. Yes. I don't know if they give him Monday off. I wouldn't think they do. No, I, no. They Iberfu said uh, even in the locker room last night. He said, "You guys take the weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday." Is yeah. what he said. He's so get Monday off if you win. So the thing, which I forgot somehow, uh, they haven't had a Monday off, and they won't have a Monday off. But they hadn't had a Monday off in three hundred forty. Should this team? Should this team be taking a day off just because they won one game? 
I feel like Eberflus needs the rep just as much as the players do. The way they played, I mean, they, they, I think they, you know, sometimes a team learns like, oh, that's what we have to do to play. Cause you're not going to kill yourself. And I mean, kill yourself to win a game. You want to know where that line is. And we, we can go back to work. I'm not going to work 70 hours a week. If I can make the same amount of money, you know, I got a kid. I want to spend time with my family. If I can make the same amount of money work at 34 hours a week, what do you think I'm going to do? Speaking of killing yourself, Jeremiah Murray says, I once told the stranger that all sales guys are assholes. He said he was offended. I said, sorry, I didn't realize you were a sales guy. He said, I'm not, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Another father and another dad. <laughs> Wrap it up, guys. I know what you both said. Oh, God. About idea of where Jeremiah lives. I have so, no idea where he lives in his head. <laughs> Has Justin done enough over the these last two weeks to show that regardless of what went on through the first four weeks and regardless of what his record says that he is, that he is the future and he is the franchise quarterback of the Bears. I give him uh, basically an A in the Denver Broncos game. I, oh, yeah. One thing I'm saying. That was on the defense. That was a bad, that was a terrible pick. He's got 40 seconds to go with no timeouts. What do you think's going to happen? Nine and he got to add a receiver that cut his route short. Well, yeah. And then the fumble. Yeah, maybe he should have saw the defensive end cheating but you don't throw a naked bootleg you don't put a naked bootleg in there five times in a game that's something you get away with two, maybe two maybe three times and you 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 think your lucky stars you got away with it he turns around the guy's right there and he tries to get rid of the ball he's getting the rid of the ball more he's not taking as many sacks yeah jeremiah I, says it's two weeks guys i need to see i i'm, I'm tired of hearing that because I, you you've, you've already had a season you you saw what he was last year you've seen what he is now and through the first four weeks, you've seen how terrible the game plan can was. You and Jeremiah stop playing grab ass. And can I answer the question? Wait, you want to be on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I I sort of agree with Jeremiah, but this is the same stuff we saw last. False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. <laughs> I'm only allowed to play that clip. <laughs> How do you like it? Uh, all, we saw the same the same plays where he looks off a safety or where he goes to his first guy, he's not there, and then he knows he can look off that safety now. And there was plays in that Denver game, especially that Denver game was he was even better in that Denver game than he was last night, believe it or not, where he yeah. he's looking off a safety and a linebacker and that safety and the linebacker. He plays them like I bet he's a good poker player because there's no receiver behind those guys. <laughs> so they're basically looking at him like he's going to throw it. There's no receiver. And then boom, throws to, to DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone. That play. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that can make that play. There's a lot of plays he did. The the play, like we said in the beginning of the show, to Khalil Herbert, and then uh, uh, the play to Cole Komet, where he's playing, where he's. I think we have that clip, don't we? Where he looks off the defender in Washington last night. Is that what this is right here? I'm looking at something here. Let's play it. <sighs> no, this is the good pass. 
over the shoulder yeah, to DJ Moore. Great catch, but great pass. Look at this pass. This is anticipatory. This is what we've seen. He did a lot of this with Mooney last year, but he does look. He looks. He looks it in the middle of the field and then throws it. I. He does. He's done this a lot over the last two weeks. He's done yeah. that a lot over the last two weeks, where he's just made some passes that are just—they're on a dime. Indefensible. You cannot. Yes. Some of those things you cannot defend. You just—it's like a, a really good slider or, or splitter in baseball. You just tip your cap, like Hawk used to say. Can't believe I just quoted Hawk Harrelson, but uh, there's nothing wrong with Hawk Harrelson, sir. I also mentioned Matt Nagy like five times a couple weeks ago. So Hawk Harrelson is a national treasure. He's in the Hall he's, of Fame. He's the White Sox Harry Carey. <laughs> Pretty much. A guy he, that was in the booth that probably shouldn't have been in the booth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that if you let him, would have probably died in the booth. And I guess Harry Carey sort of did. He, so he sort of did. We, I actually was just watching before we got on the show. I know you're going to call me a freaking nutcase for this. But I was watching the final game from 1997 that they were playing on there because it was Ryan Sandberg's last game and Harry Carey's last game. And they were doing a whole bunch of things. And, you know, that was when Harry Carey had the famous quote, as sure as God made green apples, there will be a next season. Crazy. <laughs> what? No, There's no other baseball on. Well, there is baseball on, actually. we have, There is not baseball have, on right now. There's no baseball tonight. We did earlier in the week. Yes. Uh, we weird, bizarre three game series where teams are cheering because they won two games in a row. I don't really get it, but okay. Thanks, Rob Manfred and your boy Theo Epstein. I look, thank you, thank we're, you, Epstein. We're gonna get into that stuff, but before we in their desire before, <laughs> to play for more athleticism on this, he just wants action. Look, where's my care package, Theo Epstein? Before we get into our baseball talk, the only baseball would have a four game gap when you play every fucking day. Okay, fine. You want to go to baseball? Let's go to baseball. I don't know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not. We're going to get into some baseball tonight for sure, but I, I want to finish with the Bears real quick because yeah, no. there's a lot of things going on with this team. I don't, I look, I've heard for four weeks about how Justin Fields isn't the guy and how they need to trade him to the Jets or to the Falcons or to the to the 49ers or to this team or to that. All the crazy talk that I've been hearing all over the place. And now all of a sudden all of that's turned around and like, we told you Justin Fields wasn't the problem. It's the coaching staff. Well, here on Combs and Fitz, we've been telling you that it's not Justin Fields that's the problem, that it's the coaching staff. So we've been telling you this from day one. We haven't flip-flopped on this. Do you still believe that at the end of this season, let's say they win eight games. Let's say they go, they finish the season at eight and nine. Is Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze back in 2024? Hmm. Well, Luke Getze isn't getting that head coaching job that everybody was worried about, uh, you know, 12 games in last season. Um, Eric Bieniemy will be available I, still. I <sighs> this motherfucker. Tony Thomas said, "I just got home. Am I too late for the Justin Fields gangbang?" 
Mark Anthony over there. Who does he think he is? Yeah. Well, I mean, he has the gall to actually comment on that. This is the internet age where you could just comment and go, he, he, I wasn't home. Does like, he live in his mom's basement? <laughs> possibly. I, I, I'll ask you another question. I, I think, yes, they, they save their jobs at three, eight, nine. I, I just think it's obvious. If they went eight, nine, if you said in the beginning of the season, they went eight, nine, I just don't see how they get fired. That's a, that's a five game swing. If they show growth, it depends how they get to eight, nine, really. Uh, right now they're one and four. So if they get to eight, nine, if you're, if you're eight and nine and you're still averaging 23 to to 30 points a game let up on defense and you're a defensive minded head coach, how in the world do you keep your job? I'm not saying what should happen. I'm saying what's going to happen. I just think you need, how can that happen? Continuity man here. I mean, yes, I think, I think Everett flu should be fired. I think that's pretty obvious. He's way beyond his depth, way beyond his depth. I'm not going to sit here and advocate for him. Seems like a pretty decent guy. I don't like really talking about people getting fired, especially in, you know, whatever. Fuck that. Fire him. Obviously seems like a good guy. One second. I got to, I got to do something here. Come on, bud. Fire him twice. I got to say. Oh, he would fire him. Good night. Good night, dude. Ask him if he would fire Matt Eberflus. Do you want to fire the Bears coach? He said yes. 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 See? How does your son know more about sports than you do? Because he watches football. You watched the game, didn't you, with me? Love you, bud. And he, he, he watches the game, and even he knows. Even he knows. <laughs> yes, even he knows. Isabel Zebio, Aiden, I'm your biggest fan. How do you know my son's name? No. That's <laughs> I was going to say, either that's a family member or you have a stalker. <laughs> One of the two. But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think at their eight and nine, they win the game. I, I do. I, I think he, I think he keeps his job. Yeah, I think he probably does. Who am I asking if they want more Hatchimals? Is it Aiden or is it Matt Eberflus? <laughs> he probably wants more Hatchimals. The way he takes the way he takes a, a I mean, some of the interviews he took this week were hard to watch. Well, I felt it, it, dark for the guy, and I know the organization puts him in a bad spot. Erlacher was on with a couple stations saying, "Isn't this the organization? You've had four coaches in the last eleven years. You keep churning these guys out. Like, what is going? I mean, well, here's the problem: we don't have football people making football decisions. No, we've got George McCaskey bringing in Bill Polian before they bring in a GM." To hire a head coach. You have the McCaskies running things and hiring guys like they are Jerry Reinsdorf hiring yes men. That's all that they've done for 40 years now. It's going on 40 years almost since we've been won a Super Bowl and not been to won a Super Bowl. Been 40 years since we've actually been a consistently relevant franchise. And in those 40 years, we have not had the same GM. We have not had the same head coach. We've had the same ownership. 
ownership continuously gets this wrong. Ownership continuously brings in the wrong GM. Ownership continuously wants to put their nose in and hire head coaches without GMs. George McCaskey needs to get his nose out of football business. Virginia McCaskey, we know what she needs to do. What in the what do you mean, sir? You know what I mean. <laughs> exactly. They need to get out of this town. Virginia, the McCaskies need to sell this team. And until that happens, Bears fans, we are going to be stuck. Just like the White Sox are stuck. Just like the Blackhawks were stuck in the late 90s and early 2000s. Just like the Cubs are stuck. You're going to get stuck. <laughs> the Cubs had a winning record this year, sir. Uh, Something we can't say about the Bears. Who's Some... going to be their manager next year? Who's going to be their manager? Who's going to be their manager next year? False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. <laughs> Too early in the show. At any rate, you ready for Fritz Gibbers before you piss me off anymore? I was born ready. Welcome to Fitzgibberish, everyone. Thanks for listening. It's a diatribe. It's a conspiracy. And yes, it's even an island in the middle of unapologetic. And I think we were pretty accurate today, but most of the time it's inaccurate. I'm going to fight Jeremiah. (laughs) Jeremiah Murray says, I think Combs should marry Virginia. Become next in line. That would be glorious. I mean, if I get to own the Bears, I... I mean, it's just a couple of cobwebs. That would be glorious. Anyway, this is my time. <laughs> I think being mean is a way to uh, to get yourself excited. It's almost like a like being mad. It's like hating a fella. I, I make up things. Maybe if he's smiling, I'll make up a thing, imaginary thing that, hey, this this cat, you know, he's laughing at me. When I wait the game gets going, I'm going to get this guy. Embarrass him. Intimidate him when you see the guy trying to get up and he's wobbling a little bit. Maybe his helmet's, you know, turned and uh, that's the linebacker's delight. You're not going to end up uh, hurting me. It's going to be you. You're going to be uh, you're going to be punished. So So you better get ready today. With a new hat and new hopes, Chicago's Jim Dooley brought the Bears to the Yes! If you bet the chances of tonight's Fitzgibberish or any one Fitzgibberish ever quoting Ronald Reagan, you could have won a bundle. Lord knows where you cash that ticket in, but you would have won a bundle. But Reagan once said, when people say that we're in a time where there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. Well, And I think Combs can agree. Growing up on the South Side, Gipper in the 80s or 90s, if you wanted to know about football, you did not have to know where to look for a hero. Because on the South Side, you couldn't talk about football without mentioning the last American folk hero with possibly the last American folk hero name, Dick Butkus. The news of Dick's death came right before game time yesterday. Buckus was born right here in Chicago, the youngest of eight children, but the first to be born in a hospital. He was a huge baby. 
weighing in at 13 pounds, six ounces at birth. Good Lord, Mrs. Butkus. That's a huge boy. His father, John. That's not the only huge thing in that situation. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Just tearing apart women today. But anyway, his father, John, a Lithuanian immigrant to Ellis Island who spoke broken English, was an electrician. I didn't know this. Worked for Pullman Standard Railroad Car Manufacturing Company. My dad was an electrician. His mother, Emma, worked 50 hours a week at a laundry. My mom did my laundry. <laughs> Bucket grew up in the Roseland neighborhood on Chicago's South Side. He was a fan of the Chicago Cardinals. Let's bring back a South Side football team. And then we don't have to talk about this team. Anyway. And attended their games at Comiskey Park. He was ours. Unlike any supports hero in Chicago history. So it was fitting when he went right ahead of Gail Sayers, third in the draft to the Chicago Bears. He acquired the status of hero or legend, not with constant highlights or tributes, even though there were those. Not by TikToks or a girlfriend whose popularity does not match her talent sitting in a skybox. You know who. But mostly by good old-fashioned passion, hard work, and what we used to call word of mouth. As kids, we got to do something today's kids hardly ever get to do. Fill in the rest of the story with our hearts and our imaginations. If you listen closely on this clear night, you might hear one of those stories about Dick Puck kiss. One such story was when some poor kids made the mistake of harassing butt kisses football star girlfriend one day at Chicago vocational high school. Buckkiss was in full pads for practice on the field when he noticed four guys giving Helen Eisenberg, who ended up being his wife, a hard time. What happened next was recounted in 1993 by our own Rick Tellender in Sports Illustrated. Without hesitation, Buckkiss ran off the field, chased the car onto 87th Street, not far from where you're sitting right now, Combs. <laughs> Dived through the open front window on the passenger side and in full fucking uniform, thrashed each of those passengers. Then, kindly, calmly, climbed out of the car and walked back on the field to finish practice. <laughs> <laughs> or the time. In Mike Tyson fashion, although Mike Tyson wasn't even fighting then, allegedly bit the leg of an opposing center in a pile. He would later say, I'm not so mean. I wouldn't even go out to hurt anybody deliberately unless it was, you know, important, like a league game or something. And the dude was fucking cool as a cucumber. At this guy. Wait, I thought I had pictures of him, but I guess I don't. Anyway, he went from a crew cut <laughs> to a handlebar mustache as a young man. He was our Davy Crockett, 
or our John Henry or a superhero if you're into the whole Marvel thing, but he was real. The story's so thick when you saw the highlights, you barely believed him. For some reason, when the news came, many of us could not believe the man could die. For Christ's sake. When we talk about Dick Butkus, we're not really talking about him at all. And I think he knew that. We're talking about us and how he made us feel. My parents loved the way he made them feel about themselves. He was their very identity, their place in this world. As kids, to say there was no other person that helped our attention, that held our attention or captured our hearts and imaginations like Budkiss is cannot be overstated. It was very hard back then to watch any highlights without YouTube. You just couldn't find highlights then. You had to wait for them on TV, believe it or not. <laughs> But I must have watched my mother tell the story a million times about him stripping the ball from an opponent and instead of starting to run to score a touchdown, stopping to shake the ball in the guy's face. Can you imagine that happening now? <laughs> Finally, years or months later, who knows? With kids, it could have been months or years. Time goes slower when you're a kid. I finally saw the highlight. And it was great, but I prefer the story. That's Fitz gibberish, my friends. Thanks for listening, Combs. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, great tribute. Uh, Dick was one of those one of those guys that um, embodied what being a Chicago Bear is. And uh, you know, for those that were with us on Sunday, I talked about uh, my father in law who who uh wasn't doing so well and unfortunately on monday night we lost leroy my father-in-law and uh he was a huge dick buckus fan and actually my favorite piece of sports memorabilia so cool is something that i gifted him for his birthday a few years back and something that i'll now get framed and will now sit behind some more important Leroy memorabilia as well. He will forever be a part of what the Chicago Bears are and the stories, you know, it, Leroy and I used to give each other a lot of shit. And I the first time I ever really gave him shit was when we were talking about football and we talked about Buckus and he goes, Oh yeah, I, I love Dick. And I was like, I bet you do. <laughs> and the look <laughs> on his face, he was like, I met Buckus. I was like, right. Yeah. You know, and that was, that's one of my favorite memories, but my grandfather, my uncle, you know, Leroy, they were all in that same ilk because they got to see him play and they just loved the, the, ferocity and the meanness that he brought because that's what it meant to be a Chicago bear and especially a Chicago bear linebacker. And one of the greatest stories that I, I remember it all the time was my grandfather. And my uncle used to tell me this story about when he was a player and the a referee said this, I guess in a documentary that they watched later on about Dick Buckus. And uh, he said, I, I uh, Buckus pointed his finger at me 
and I told him I would bite his head off. And his response was, if you bite my head off, you'll have more brains in your stomach than you will in your head. <laughs> was it this that they take this picture right after? It, it, it might have been that. It might have been that. But that's just it, that to me, like that always stuck with me because it's just so it's a great response. It's a great response to to for a player to say to a referee. And it's it, he Dick Buckus was just one of those one of those icons. And and I know how, you know, University of Illinois alum, and I know how much he loved the Bears, and I know how much it pained him to see what they had been over the last few years. Oh, that last game. Um, the Packers, too. Fuck. Yeah. And so it's just, it's 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 a sad time for, for Bears fans. It's a sad time in Bears history. Um, and <laughs> Isabel Zebio says, 9 out of 10 for Fitch Gibberish. Lost a point for the T-Swift slander. <laughs> Swifty. Yeah, I mean, he was what, to me, what a man was before I even knew that, you know, I wanted to become a man. You know, that's I think that's every boy's dream once they get older. But even when I was young, he was that picture of what a man was supposed to be. Yes. And this yes. was a cool picture, by the way. I forgot he had the handlebar mustache with a little soul patch. And that had to be pregame because there's no game footage of him without yeah. a dirty uniform or blood or blood. Yeah. Or blood. I, he was, he was a man's man and he just, he was one of those guys that just embodied the spirit of what it meant to be a bears linebacker. And it used to be in order to be a bears linebacker. It was, it was a badge of honor. Um, and you I know, know things he, he did lean into like the whole kind of fame thing, but didn't totally lean into it, but he could have. I mean, the guy was charismatic. Like, oh, every, yeah. Every interview you see of him could yeah. talk well, never lost it. Yep. And he never really had any signs of CTE, which is amazing. Maybe he gave it out more than he got. <laughs> well, he also, like, he was a big proponent of, of studying that type of stuff. He wanted to study, you know, he wanted to come up with a cure for CTE. He was a big proponent of, of studying the, the medicine uh, surrounding CTE. And he's just—he was just one of those guys who just never left the game, and he—he he was amazing for sure. So, you know, certainly a tough time yeah. for Bears fans. Uh, I that, in our lives, but yeah, go, go on. Yeah, uh, you know, Bears fans lost one of the the greatest of all time, and and so you know, thoughts and prayers definitely go out to his family, um, as well as I'm not sure whether or not this was expected. It seemed unexpected just because he was just at the Illinois game a couple weeks ago, walking with this cane and there's Packers game. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't see anything. So it was just, you know, and even, even if it was expected, it's still always, it's still tough to handle. Um, which Agreed. I'm definitely understanding right now for sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, you know, great, Great Fitz gibberish. I give you a 10 out of 10, especially with the T-Swift slander. Uh, as <laughs> Jeremiah Murray points out, if T-Swift played a televised concert and they put football highlights between every song, the Swifties would get pissed too. Hey, true. Perfect analogy. True. Perfect wow. analogy. Jeremiah. Stop yeah, Jeremiah gets a 10 out of 10 for his comment. Stop messing with my knees. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> 
the, see, see the pro the problem when you try to get tough like that, Fitz, is that we know you. Stop. So it's not very scary. I'm gonna hide behind <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, a 60 year old black man. <laughs> but anyway, but Joe Boo, we've been talking a whole bunch of baseball, and it's it's. You texted me the other day after the Twins won their series. We'll call it a series because I mean technically they play three game series all year long to get to the playoffs. So I'm not necessarily against them playing a three game series in the playoffs. Cause that's how you get there, especially in the wild card round. But you feel like the playoff format should be different. I, you don't like this. I absolutely do. Like we've, we've talked about this before, but I guess I love, I love hearing myself talk. That's why I have a podcast. So I'm going to say it again. When they did the collective bargaining agreement, the reason why the, the season was so tight uh, in 2022, why they started a little bit later. Uh, what, one of the big things when they talked about that was teams like Pittsburgh, which actually had a decent team this year, why they can just be bad. It is better than the one game. Okay. Three games are better than we understand, (laughs) but when they did the collective bargaining agreement, the big thing, uh, the big thing, at, at least back then, it, it probably still is a, a, a pretty big thing is the length of one. One was the length of the season. One was that teams like Pittsburgh can just sit back and lose games and get luxury tax money from the rest of the teams that are paying over 220 million, whatever Stupid. luxury tax is at. So they receive that money. What happens basically is I think it's like at 220, maybe it's at 230, wherever it is. Look it up, Downing Thomas. Uh, whatever it is, if you go over that cap, it used to not matter. The luxury tax was like nothing, and they didn't even they there wasn't even news on it. But it quadrupled a few years ago, and then doubled again. Now you go over that luxury tax, and you're basically paying for other teams to buy players, maybe even players you want, or to do whatever they want to do with the damn money. Maybe pocket it like Pittsburgh, or like the Cincinnati's, or a lot of teams c- can do. Why not? shorten the season and penalize those teams and not give them 81 home games a year anymore. Bring it back down to 154 and then lengthen that series. Yeah, it could be a five-game series. You could have five-game series then. Why do you have a division-winning team? And yes, I think you're right. Maybe they should go away from divisions, but they haven't yet. But why do you have a division-winning team maybe getting kicked out of a playoff by a team that didn't even win their damn division? I mean, I, I I just don't get it. Three. Well, if you're the Texas Rangers and you're the sixth seed with 98 wins, I well, sure, I get that. <laughs> I get that. That that might have to be adjusted too. That's a different conversation. But you lose two games and you're out of the playoffs. I mean, I I just especially in baseball, it, it's ridiculous. They don't do it in hockey. They don't do it in basketball, and they don't do it for a reason because the best team may not win. Yeah, and look, I, I'm. I'm sort of with you in a way, right? Because I believe it should all be seven game series. I really do. I, and it's going to surprise some people. Fine too. I'd be yeah. fine with that too. And it's going to surprise some people. Cause I'm, I'm such a big baseball fan and I, I 
can never get enough baseball and I'll watch reruns of games from 1997 before we do well, a podcast. I so I, I don't know. You know, you're not losing me there. Yeah. So I actually have said for a while, and I said this a few years back when we were talking about it, um, you know, during COVID on, on a different show that I was on man hour. And we were talking about different things that baseball could do. And I, so I firmly believe it should be a 140 game season that ends the second week of September, the playoffs start. You have three rounds, seven game series. Then you have the world series, seven game series, and you're done by mid October before it starts getting cold and cold weather season. Like for, for the white Sox and Cubs to play a game now, Right now, if they were in the divisional series, it's going to be 57 degrees all week long in the sunshine. And then you're going to get to the World Series, and it's going to be the temperature is going to be even lower than that because it's a totally different team. Yeah. Yeah. So you play those games. And then if you get to the World Series, like right now, you, you might be in game five, six, or seven of the World Series, and it's 57 degrees, but you deal with that on, on the once every 108 years that it happens but that's just you know it doesn't always happen but you've got a lot of cities let's talk about boston who's consistently a contender let's talk about philadelphia consistently a contender those teams play out on the east coast not a consistent (laughs) i'm trying to pick up consistent contenders so chicago never falls into that category in any sport um So you you end the season by like September, let's say September eighth, and then you start your playoff September tenth, and you go seven games here. I want a seven game wild card series. Oh, I would I would totally be in for that. More base, so, more good baseball, yeah. Right. And, and to just further that point and take down the time, it's fifty three minutes and forty three seconds. I'm going to say something good about the Cubs. That 2016 series against Cleveland, they win in probably five or six games if it's in warm, warmer weather. They probably yeah they hurt. Probably Cleveland. that Cleveland team was incredible. They had two of their top pitchers hurt. They had their best player hurt. Yes. Uh, it, it, there's no reason why that should have gone seven games, but no. It, it, and you know it, your team completely changes once once it gets cold. Right. And the problem is they'll never go down to 140 games because of the owners of the Pittsburghs of the, the team, the Cincinnati's, the teams that don't spend money. They don't want to lose games because they're never going to be in the playoffs. Why is the tail wagging the dog then? Why well, be, it's the same teams being, you know, crucified for that. Well, it's the same thing. Like I told you, I've said this before. I was ranking the, I said this a week ago on Facebook. I actually ranked the bears coaching staff and they said, where would you rank the bears coaching staff? And I said, 40th behind all eight XFL teams. (laughs) Like like we, maybe we should have relegation. What about Canadian football? I think Mark Tressman's still, uh, still. Yeah. (laughs) about that (laughs) so no i 140 games in all seven game series it's never going to happen though they're not going to shorten the seat the the owners would never vote to shorten the season and and the owner we could talk about the commissioner all we want but we know the commissioner is the owner's play toy i see we relegate the shit bags i don't know if you know what relegation is they do it in soccer where they go into a different league 
I, I do know what it is. However, you're a White Sox fan, so be careful what you wish for. Unbelievable. Two, we I, went to the playoff two years in a row. I mean, well, well right, but we, this year... 92% chance to get into the playoffs and then shit the bed and then say our manager did an incredible job when he did just about the same job he did the year before. And then you then you have a 100 loss season and you get relegated. Let's talk about it then. It's time! Where do you get relegated to in Major League Baseball? At least the NFL, you get relegated to the I'm XFL. <laughs> it's your own personal nightmare. Um, <laughs> David Ross. I mean, at, there, there's no other time. I mean, we, we, we don't have much time left in the show, so you're not going to filibuster this whole time and not talk about it. What? Jed Hoyer comes out and says, oh, God. a great job. What do you want me to say? He said it. And you're going to come on this show and you're going to do a U-turn and say, oh, well, I kind of, you know, they did. They did the same thing from June until October last year. They did the same thing this year with a better team. And our own Downing Thomas, who I secretly hate and maybe admire, um, came out and said their expected win percentage would have had him close to a division win at least in the playoffs there are managers in this league that have win percentages over that expected win percentage listen you could have told me that you're (laughs) you better walk off you could have told me that your entire mission of this show was going to be to piss me off pretty much i could have taken the night off Hey, fucking minute is. Look, the Cubs bringing back David Ross, and I am not doing a U-turn. The Cubs bringing back David Ross is a dumb idea. The fact that Jed Hoyer is, the fact that Jed Hoyer is saying that David Ross did a great job, really makes me question. And I like Jed Hoyer a lot. Makes me question about how much about baseball Jed Hoyer really knows. Because when you are consistently throwing. And I'm going to say it again, Jeremiah Murray, Nick Magical into the lineup. And then when Nick Magical goes down, you're going to put in Miles Mastroboni. And you're going to leave in this all these guys while you're leaving guys on the bench like a Chris Morrell, who is a, a freaking storm starter in your lineup. You're going to leave him on the bench. And then you talk all you want about, oh, well, they didn't do enough to go ahead and get him bullpen help at the deadline. That's fine. But just like I talk about with the Bears, and and I don't want to hear about any lack of talent, put guys in position to succeed. Same damn thing. When you've got a guy that you trade for at the deadline, who you said you didn't get any bullpen help for, and who comes on your team and has a .73 ERA heading into a game in which you battle back from an 8 to nothing deficit, and you bring in a guy, instead of the guy with a .73 ERA, you bring in a guy who hadn't been good for three freaking months. It, it, it boggles my mind that anybody can say that David Ross is doing a good job. I love David Ross as a person. I love what he did for the 2016 team. I He, he will forever have a place in Cubs history, and he will forever have a place in Cubs fans' hearts. He does not belong as a manager right now. 
He needs to go sit behind a veteran manager and learn how to make the right calls at the right times because he does not know how to do it. And the fact that they are going to leave Joe Girardi in the booth, another position where another guy that they have in a spot who is terrible. (laughs) So they're going to leave a guy in a spot in the manager position that's terrible, and they're going to leave a guy in the booth that's terrible. When if you swapped them around, Ross is gold in the booth, and Girardi is gold as a manager. It makes too much damn sense, and for the Cubs not to do it is going to piss me off. However, they might ease that pain a little bit with a trade. A trade that has been highly talked about. No, 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 we're not done. No. You you want to piss me off more? I'm done. You want to turn to, uh, if they make a trade. How dare you, sir? We don't kill people on this show. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. we don't kill people under the age of 73. I'm talking about I haven't even given my two cents on Ross. You don't have two cents. By the way, by the way. That was pretty good. Take a bow. Take a bow. That's definitely going in the demo clips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is you don't have to come out and say he did an incredible job. You don't have to do that. I mean, do you? You you do not have to come out and say he did an incredible job. You don't. No. You could be honest. And you should be. You don't even have to be honest. You don't have to say anything. You could say, yeah, we're keeping him. But the biggest part of your tenure was when you came on in 2013 and you said, look, it's going to take our sorry, 2012. And you said it's going to take us a few years to be to win. We're going to have some really bad years. Yeah. And you were honest with the fan base. And now you're lying to our face. That's a bad you. You started this relationship based on honesty. And now you've gotten to the point where I'm not sure I can trust you. Because you're constantly lying to me. And that's where Jed Hoyer is at. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know what that, where this tenure goes for Jed Hoyer, especially you know post Theo Epstein era. Uh, but to 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 blatantly come out and say that he did a good job when a lot of people knew that that, that a, a great job. Oh, look, they were down. We were ten games under five hundred. Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have been 10 games under 500, Jed. Like, I mean, maybe you shouldn't have been that far under under 500 to begin with. And then you come all the way back. You have a 92% chance to make the playoffs. I mean, th- this is not a, a historic collapse, but this is a collapse. We were sitting there talking. There was no way they were going to win way over 86 games. We thought there was a chance they could win 90 games. I, I just don't get how you could sit there as as Jed Oyer with a straight face and say that. I just we said that when they were seventy six and sixty four. Boy, I said there's no way they don't get to eighty six games. They they got twenty games left and it's only ten wins, and they got to eighty three and seventy nine. Combs mad. I am mad. 
And it took. I, I am mad. Telling you, I was trying to get a picture of Hulk, but I couldn't get it. I, I, oh, look, God. Yeah, as you know, what's funny is because you you tell me you used to tell me that your brother was worried about when we started this show about how our White Sox talk would be, but then he realized that I get just as angry about the White Sox as he does, and so then he oh, was. He, so he likes it. I, I get way more angry about the Cubs, though. Fan. I get way more angry yeah. about the Cubs. I wouldn't say you're a White Sox fan, but you're not far off. Like, you do get pissed when, yeah. they, do, when they do dumb stuff. But I get pissed with this David Ross thing. Like, I thought it was – I thought it was – expected wins was 93. And they won 83. I don't know if you can put the link in there. Don, I don't think you – maybe you can't. But we'll we'll look it up. I mean, we, we should have had it uh, before the show, our production. That stuff. wins you to the division. Yeah, you win the division. You at least get in the playoffs and have a chance. No, you win the division. Uh, you, you finish only five games out. And you set up your pitching. If, if, yeah. Steel, if Steel gets one start off, one start off, if you don't lose those silly games to the Colorado Rockies and he gets one start off, what could he have done in a postseason series? Jeremiah Murray says, make a show boxing match. This aggression has to go somewhere. It does. I'm in. <laughs> That's why. What happened? Are you not every in? Every time I get it, every time I, yes, this is how it's going to go. Oh, okay. Like Marvis's father, Joe, Marvis must move or we're going to be out of here very, very quickly. Uppercut and Marvis is hurt. Frazier is down. Dude, you'll do way better than Marvis Frazier did. <laughs> <laughs> Why wow, you had that locked and loaded? I'll 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 at least toy yeah. with you for a round. <laughs> he, like was a pile of himself. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen a guy get knocked down like a building gets exploded in Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how it happened. <sighs> yeah, maybe I'll watch Mike Tyson tonight. So we do have playoffs. Still finishing up. Yes. Who do who do you think is going? I've got I put it on the Facebook page. Um, which I I admittedly made a mistake on the on the I I read a article that said that they were allowing the number one seed to choose their opponent in the second round, which I think is a phenomenal idea, but that is not the case. Why it's would a, they, it's a set bracket? But because it would make sense to bring fan attention, but instead they have a pitch clock. Um so yeah. Well, well, that that's another angry argument. Okay, we don't have another forty-five minutes for me to go on another rant. But anyway, I made a mistake, so I, I corrected it. I corrected it, and I still have the same World Series. I still have Texas over Philadelphia. I, I have to read this. This is the same sport that cries. It can't grow the audience, and we we're still blacking out games. Yeah, but but I know you want to go on to. You have Texas winning it all? Is that what you I do? Said? I do. I have Texas beating Philadelphia in the World Series. Um, I think that Texas is just that team. I think they, they've got decent enough pitching, even though their their top two pitchers are out with injury. Scherzer Manny actually Bruce Bochy's cigarette. Well, they've held off on their divisional series round. They actually think Scherzer might be ready to pitch in the in the LDS. So if you bring Scherzer back, I'm definitely picking Texas I've to never win. So. Against Scherzer. 
Me neither. Remember that series? I think it was 17 with the Cubs where he had a, he, he pulled his hamstring and he changed his wind up. Yeah. Like a day and almost pretty much dominated the Cubs. Cubs ended up winning like two to one or something like that, but basically yeah. dominated the Cubs, changed his wind up. Uh, no, I got the, I, I actually have the Atlanta Braves. I'm, I'm going out on a limb with them seeing that they're the best team. I've got the number one seed winning it all. Yeah. So, uh, that team's just fun to watch. They are my Tampa Bay team, you know, loses two games and they're just out, uh, out of the playoffs, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. My Tampa Bay team, but I mean, they they didn't score. We didn't even talk about the Dolphins getting Chase Claypool. Do we care about that? No. Well, map right now. We already knew it was a bad trade, but you're going from you 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 gave away basically the guy for a six round pick just to get him out of your organization uh, less than a year after trading him for the thirty second overall pick. So. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I. What do you like about Texas? I guess we'll start there. I like everything about Texas. I like their lineup. Uh, I really do. I think that they've got one of the the more explosive young lineups in the game. They can score ten runs on anybody on any pitcher in the league. Um, I they're going up against Baltimore. Baltimore is young. Look, Baltimore won one hundred and one games this year. Um, they're probably better than uh, what I'm giving them credit for, but they're still young. Um, I think that this is a good start for them, but I think Texas is going to, I think Texas wins this one. I think it's going to be a seven game series. I did pick it in seven, but I got Texas winning, or I'm sorry, five game series. So I got Texas winning this one um, and then beating Houston. And then I've got the Phil. I got Philly beating the Braves. I got the Diamondbacks beating the Dodgers and then the Phillies beating the Diamondbacks. Where are you at on Dusty Baker? We've never had that conversation, and then we'll get into the Dusty Baker. Well, he's the Astros. You saying that Texas is going to beat the Astros? He's the Astros manager. Should at least have that conversation. What do you want me to say about Dusty Baker? The guy, dude, the guy couldn't manage a bullpen Don't in two thousand three. He couldn't manage a bullpen in two thousand and three. Or I'm sorry, not 2003, 2007 and 2008. 2003. No, that was <laughs> Lou Pinella. <laughs> Lou Pinella was 07 and 08. Dusty oh, Baker. yeah, you're right. I had it backwards. It was 03. So you're not going to bet against Dusty Bigger, but you know Texas. You know he. They do have a young arm, Dane Dunning. Got yeah. traded to get Lance Lynn, but I mean, it was a good trade by both teams. I think they got a guy who had a terrible year and was developing as a rookie for for a year and a half, and then became good. The Sox got Lance Lynn when they were ready, when their window opened. But good pitcher there. I think Texas has a good team. They obviously have a great coach, manager, whatever. Um, <laughs> But I, I just I don't believe in Texas. I think it's too much flash in the pan. I think the same thing with Baltimore on that side. I think the Astros have a good good shot. Tampa never had significant talent. Plays in Chuckle Cheese parking lot. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese parking lot. Yeah, they basically do. 
But you know what they do, Jeremiah, is they innovate year after year. They are years ahead of this league. There is going to be there's already teams. We're already talking about that teams have a the, the don't have starters. Are you okay? Bullpens coming in. We're already saying that when Tampa did it, we said they were crazy. Are you happy with the White Sox in 10 years if they consistently go to the playoffs but lose in the first round and then trade every player out of their rookie contract that they develop? Are you okay with that model? Because that's what the Tampa Bay Rays model is. Where are where you know, where are we? You know, how much money do the White Sox have? Because right now the White Sox have a lot more money than the Tampa Bay Rays. Probably. I mean, I doubt they have double the money, but it's pretty close. Well, if they were winning World Series after World Series, they probably could have just as much money as the White Sox, right? Yeah, I mean, but they don't have the money to sign these players. And I think there's a new model coming in the MLB, and we've talked about it before. I don't think the model is going to be, you're 29 years old, let's give you an eight-year contract where seven of the years or, or five of the years, are you're terrible or you're not good enough, and we're paying you for, for previous performance. Yes, guys do get paid for previous performance, and they deserve it. That's that's how the world works. But the there's there's no, no one's going to be paying guys like Pujols anymore. No one's going to be paying those guys anymore, even though he had a last good year steroids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though he had a last you know good year, but they're not going to be paying guys like that anymore. It's just not going to happen anymore. They're, these relievers are so good now. The pitching has beat. Let's let's talk about this for for a, at least a couple of minutes before you get tired and want to take a nap. Uh, let's talk this. Let's talk about this for a few minutes. Uh, pitching has beat hitting. Like it was always pitching against hitting and then pitching would be pitching has once again, beat hitting in major league baseball. It's killed them. And, and what we have with relievers now where you're bitching because they didn't bring in a reliever quickly enough when Justin Steele didn't have it in the third inning when you could say that because of all the relievers that are out there the hitting is losing the 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 the, the average bad the average batting average for the entire league last year was 241 Two well the blue jays lost a game the other day be- i i believe because they did that same thing. I mean, they took uh, Jose Barrios was dealing in Minnesota and had thrown 48 pitchers and they went to the bullpen and then their bullpen just got rocked. Yeah, that was an interesting game. I mean, I I, I don't understand why they did that. Uh, Jose Barrios is kind of a mercurial player. He kind of goes up and down a lot. Uh, Saw a lot of them when he was with the twins. Uh, But when he, when, when that's the problem with analytics now in this game, is that analytics is causing managers, and I believe David Ross is a victim of this too, analytics is causing managers to make decisions that their eyes should be telling them not to make. Cost Ricky when, Ricky when your guy is 48 that. pitches in in the third inning and nobody is sniffing him, run with them. And then if, if he, get, he gives up a couple of hits, you got guys on first and second, sure, bring in a bullpen. We but let just, him pitch. Yeah, I just brought up Dane Dunning. Uh, he was a guy who came in, started. He was a, he, not a rookie, but he was coming off of Tommy John surgery with the Sox and tw- and in that shortened season, 2020, mm-hmm. COVID season. He comes in, he only plays one inning. 
And yeah. that lost Renteria's job. And then they keep bringing, mixing, matching people. They brought Rodon in, who was coming off an injury. They brought all these guys in, and they lost the game. And they were much better than the Oakland A's that year. It is happening. They're they're getting on the verge of that, but the data does say that these relievers give you a better chance to win in a lot of situations. Yeah, should you bring them in in the third inning? Probably not. But that's changing baseball. Bay, uh, pitching is winning, and 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 these guys aren't going to get these big contracts anymore. And it when Kyle Schwarber can hit one hundred and one eighty and no, yeah. Well, yeah. that's because he hit one eighty and had forty seven home runs. Yeah, and as a 0.8 war player. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even a one more player. Yeah, I mean, baseball's going in a different direction now. I, I don't think it's going in this direction where we think like, oh, yeah, they can give this guy a big contract and they'll get this guy. And, you know, I think Pete Alonso would be great for the Cubs to get. If you want to let, let's go down that trail. I think it'd be great because it's only one year with him. But if you're going to sign him to a five-year contract, I just don't think that's smart anymore. You're talking about Pete Alonso? I I think afterwards, because it's got to be, because they're going to trade for him. The Mets are going to want something. They're going to have to sign him. It's not like football where you can grab a yeah. guy like Khalil Mack and sign him to a five-year deal. You have to do it. In, well, in the, the Cubs were after Pete Alonso at the trade deadline. They wanted him because he was on the market because they were selling off. They wanted him at the deadline, but they wanted too much in return. And I think what's going to happen this offseason is the Mets are going to give the Cubs the rights to talk with his agent so that they can come up with a deal before they make a trade. And then if they come up with an extension, an agreeable extension, then they'll make the trade. It'll be it'll be a uh, sign-in trade. That's what I think will happen with, with Peter well, Alonso and the Cubs. You don't get the... In baseball, they could say, like, I'm going to, you know, it's not like football where they're like, I could get hurt on the next play. Right. It is baseball where Pete Alonzo might be like, I'm not going to sign right away. Well, right. But money. It, then then if you're the Cubs, you don't pull that trigger. Or you say, hey, we'll give you this money. And maybe it does happen in baseball where they do say yes. But in, in some cases, it, it, in a lot of cases, it doesn't happen in baseball. Let's face it. But. It, it, you know, it could happen, but the thing is, is do you want to give him six years? Do you want to give a big guy like that six years? Do you think he's going to be able to turn that bat around on a 101 mile an hour fastball from almost every reliever that's going to be coming out of the pen with the DH of the national league now? Yes. Do you want, would, would you, would you take a shot at Shoei Otani even with, uh, I would not, I would have before the UCL, but I would not now. And and what? How would you use him if you gave him if you gave him the ten year contract that he wanted? Because he's not going to take your five six. He would be a DH. He'd be a ten year DH, and that. But that's why I wouldn't do it. Yep. I would have. I would have if I was getting the pitcher slash DH thing. Five six years. He was never going to take a five or six year contract. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I don't want Shohei for ten years. That's a, so you just I, I I would not go after Shohei. I wouldn't. I would I would do this Pete Alonso deal and I would go after Cody Bellinger. Do you be, yeah, agreed, but do you be, do you believe those contracts are going in the past? Is is my is my long-winded question. No, I I I believe that you're paying for the first 6 years of that contract. And then the last four are the the last the first six are they need to give to you, 
And the last four are you giving back to them for what they gave you in the first six. I just think you do that. You're never opening a 10 win your window. Which no. is, well, that's what I want. I want a 10 year You're opening a six year window. Nobody has a 10 year window. I, the Dodgers maybe have a 10 year window. The Braves look like they are going to have a 10 year window. No. He certainly has had quite a 10 year window. I think the Braves have a four year window right now. I think they're going to be great for the next four years. Until 2029. Right. But they've also, they've got, their their pitching is not going to hold up. Series two, three years ago. Like, I don't even think that they're going, they're not even going to get past this round. They're not going to beat the Phillies in a five game series because they don't have enough pitching to do so. You love Bryce Harper's flowing hair. No, it's because they don't have enough pitching, but and the Phillies do. Russell and and big trouble in Little China. They've, they've got you pitching game three. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't. I got a great knuckleball. R.I.P. Wait. Like Mel Gibson, the I must, I'm going to have to face the wheel. <laughs> Is that so, Mel Gibson similarities stop? Or last week you beat me nine to eight. I lost by a half point. The Raider, we were tied going into that Raiders Chargers game. I thought the I was good, but I wasn't. Hook. The hook. As my cousin Billy R.I.P. used to say, the yeah, lost by the hook. So I will be the one spinning the wheel. But as always, before we do, we make our next week's picks. Can we get one comment? Fitz has the Charlie Huff knuckleball. Charlie Huff knuckleball. The uh, yeah, Tim Wakefield, man, what a sad story. Fifty-seven. Really, really liked his game. Really. Really yeah, it. yeah, great, great pitcher. Um, been a- baseball story, like a yeah. unique, unique baseball story. Like, just absolutely any other way, and tries it with a knuckleball. Like, that's a story that only happens in baseball. It's why we. That's why it's our favorite sport. So absolutely. So we're gonna continue to give you a chance. We're gonna go. We're gonna keep it against the spread because that's the only way you can beat me. <laughs> Come on, just. <laughs> We've got the Jaguars. Are we doing ESPN? Yeah. We're doing ESPN. We've got the Jaguars versus the Bills in London. Jaguars stay in there for a second week in a row, which actually may play in their favor. Going up against the Buffalo Bills, traveling to London. I believe they left on Thursday to get there today. So they had a couple of days. But the Jaguars have been there for two weeks now. Buffalo is a five and a half point favorite. Who you got? Buffalo going to London against your boy, 
Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's not my boy. I called him a bust, and I still believe he's a bust. <laughs> yeah, even in that game, he even in that game last week where he played well, he did not look like Justin Fields. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. Uh, can you send me the link for this? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think the Bills have turned it around. I'm going Bills. I am going Bills as well. Uh, that 30 point victory versus Miami. They're going to be high off of that. Um, Jaguars being in London may actually play to their disadvantage being there for two weeks. They've been partying in London all week. So lots of bars, lots of bars, lots. And that's pretty much the only thing to do in London. So I'm going to go with the bills and I'm going to give up the points. Then we come back to the States and we go to the Mercedes Benz stadium in atlanta georgia where the atlanta falcons are one and a half point favorite not a whole lot of points versus the surging houston texans desmond ritter your boy Mm -hmm. i hate to keep saying that uh you know what like i say a lot i don't always do that but most of the times i do this i'm gonna go quarterback even though i did not like this guy coming out of the draft shows what i know I'm taking the Texans away, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Texans as well. Um, plus one and a half. I, I like CJ Stroud a lot. So much so that I picked him as my uh picked him up off the waiver wire after week one and to like be my backup. At Bourbon Street. Yeah, to be to be <laughs> my I did not like him at Bourbon Street, but he's proven me and you wrong. So we're both on Houston, we're both on Buffalo. Now we've got the Panthers coming to Detroit as a nine and a half point dog. Boy, that's a lot of points. I'll go first on this one for you. Yeah, yeah, because I went first twice in a row. So thank All right. you. I'm I'm taking the Lions. I'm giving up the points. Uh, the Panthers are really, really bad. They have a quarterback coming off of injury um, who will probably go back on injury once this defense gets to him. They don't have a very good offensive line. The Lions are very good defensively, and they're a very good football team. And I think they're going to run away with the NFC North. Uh, so give me the Lions minus nine and a half. I don't Justin Fields has something to say about that. Anyway. I'm puffy chested. It's a victory Friday. Anyway, uh, there yeah. are already three Wait, games up. That was a prediction we made. I mean, we should pump up. We we do make a lot of decent predictions. I mean, that was one of our predictions that Bryce could not play in this league. He's just too yes. small in flight. No offense to him. I'm sure he's a good kid, but yeah. But they do have Andy Dalton as their backup, and he did look pretty good the one week he did play. You talked me into it. I'm going Panthers. No, I'm going Lions. Oh, damn it. I started writing it down. You're going for a draft pick. Yeah, I just, I, I can't. It's good. I think it's going to be, it, it, it could be close, but even with the nine and a half, Detroit could pull away late in the game. And here's what we, we finally might have a different pick. We've got Titans and Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Tennessee comes in as a two and a half point favorite. Wait, pump the brakes, sir. Is Anthony Richardson healthy? Anthony Richardson is Asshole. expected to play. You're doing this. You're bringing me into games. He's expected to play. 
If he's yes. a scratch, what happens then? then, then I don't know Line what to tell you. Tennessee's a two and a half point favorite. What do you want me to do? If Tennessee's two and a half, take the favorite if you want. If you're worried about injury, what what happens if Jared Goff's arm tears off his body and he picked the Panthers? Yeah, in the beginning of the game, but if, if they what, the, what if Ford Field collapses on the Lions sideline and they have to give the Panthers a victory? You're sitting there. Okay. Lots of yelling this week. <laughs> Titans two and a half point favorite over the Colts. I will take the Indianapolis Colts and the points. Because you know Richardson's going to play somewhere in that weird mind of you when you're watching paint the paint dry championships on ESPN Ocho. <laughs> Inside information. Yeah. Is Tannehill playing? Yes. He has 788 yards passing, two touchdowns, four interceptions. <laughs> Didn't I say that Justin Fields could be the next? He's not going to be the next Ryan Tannehill. I'm going with Colts, too. I'm sorry it took so long. Colts plus two and a half. All right. All right, now we got Giants versus the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are a 12 and a half point favorite in Miami. Dolphins, I'm done. You're taking the Dolphins and you're giving up the points. Yep. Even though they had a bad game against Buffalo, this could be their. All right, guys, let's tighten it up. Miami's such a tough place to go into. I, I'm Who going is? with the Giants, though. Said that it's people. It's a sneaky place to go in and play. You know they 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 have the um the visitor sideline is always facing the sun in at a twelve o'clock game. This motherfucker who comes over out of the covers to make a comment. C.J. Stroud is the best OSU quarterback in the league. Four games in. Shut up, doubting Thomas. Okay, I'm sorry I cut you off. I You're fine. I'm I'm going with the Giants plus twelve and a half. Uh, I do it, like I said, it's a sneaky place to play because of the visitor sidelines being in the sun in that Florida heat. It's going to be eighty eight degrees and humid in Florida. It's a tough place to play for visitors to come into. Um, but I will say twelve and a half points is just too much for me to give up in the NFL. Anthony Richardson is and they're not playing the Broncos again. Well, if I, I'd rather lose by 12 and a half than lose by one. Yeah. Well, by a hook. By a At hook. any rate. By a hooker. This game is one. a game that you're going to lose because it's there is no line on it. It's an even pick 'em game. Okay. Saints are at New England. Prostitute. Straight up. I already have my pick written down. Derek Carr is healthy. Derek Carr is not healthy. He's questionable. So your boy's going to be in there. I know who you're picking already. <laughs> it's just very hard. I'm taking New England. You're taking the Patriots. I am going with the New Orleans Saints. I think the New yeah, Orleans Saints are a better team. I'm going with the Patriots anyway. I was going with the Saints anyway because of the 
Saints defense to me is just so good. I think they're going to wreak havoc on Mac Jones. I just I've been a believer in this defense all along. I drafted their defense in like three of my seven fantasy league teams. Yeah, you were a believer in them after they bottled up the the juggernaut that is Zach Wilson. I was a believer in them when they traded for Jameis Winston. We're going to be doing these picks. The games are going to start. The Ravens versus Steelers. Ravens are a four-point favorite in Pittsburgh. Who you got? I'm I'm against the Steelers. I think something's going on there. I know they're 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 doing the seesaw thing where they come back and they win a game, then they lose a game, and then they come back and win. But I don't think you can do that all season. I'm going Ravens. Let's go Lamar Jackson. I am going with the Steelers. I, I I don't pick against Mike Tomlin as a home dog. I don't do it. Uh whether whether it's Kenny Pickett. I'm going back in the tape. Whether whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. I, I, dude, how mad would you be if you have to spin the wheel because Mitch Trubisky comes out and has a game and sticks it in my ass? <laughs> Later games, we got the Eagles. This is going to be the game of the week, I think. Eagles versus Rams. Eagles are a four point yeah. favorite in LA. Looking at this game, yeah. Dad, I got to get fucking Doubting Thomas on here to help me with these games. <laughs> I'm a baseball guy. Eagles minus four. That's where you're going? All right, you're picking the rest of the games, by the way, because I feel like I've picked a lot of the games first. What are you talking about? I just picked the Steelers first. No, you didn't. I said Ravens. (laughs) Production staff, roll the back. Fine. I'm going with the Rams. I'm taking the points. I think the Rams are actually going to win the game outright. I think the Rams can give the Eagles their first loss. So give me the Eagles. Or I'm sorry, give me the Rams. Plus four. Jesus, you're back and forth. Who you got? I said Eagles. Oh, you are taking the Eagles. Okay. Bengals. I want the Rams, everybody. The Bengals are a three-point favorite in Arizona. Arizona did beat Dallas this year, but I am going to go with the Bengals. At some point, Joe Burrow is going to turn this around, and I think this will be the week. So I'm going to go with the Bengals, and I'm going to give up the points. What time are we at? Can we spend some time on this game? (laughs) I'm sorry. you got stuff to do. No, you're good. What is going on with Joe Burrow's? I and why I isn't he like the the second two? He is not playing good against, and that's a really good. He's hurt. Like they don't have anybody. He's been playing hurt since the preseason. Guess who's playing hurt since the preseason? Three hundred NFL players, asshole. I'm sorry, I yelled. Three hundred NFL players don't play quarterback. (sighs) True. Agreed. Then why play him? Because he's your best option to win. Who are you going with? I'm going with the Bengals. I'm giving up the points. I got to go Bengals here. He's got to turn around at some point. I agree. Hard not to. It'll probably be after the bye week. An incredible quarterback. Yeah. 
I think he'll turn it around after the bye week for sure. I is think given he, that in your leg, mind, uh, healthy is he the most accurate quarterback in the league? He is. I his accuracy is second to none yep. when he's healthy. We go to Denver, them Broncos versus them Jets. This is going to be the who wants it less game. (laughs) (laughs) Russell Wilson has thrown for over a thousand yards already has nine touchdowns, only two interceptions. However, the Broncos are one in three. He's been good. Like people are like, he's back after the bears game. It's like, he was kind of good. Mainly the Their leading team. receiver is Marvin Mims Jr. Mar- with not with <laughs> with nine with nine catches and two hundred and forty two yards, which I believe is what DJ Moore had last night. Shannon, this is the longest pick we've ever had. This is the longest we've gone on picks. Shannon, spin the wheel already. I blame I blame Fitz. We're oh. almost there though. We're almost there. We got like four games left. It's four games left. <laughs> yes, would you pick Jets or Brown? All right, you know what? I'll go first. I'm gonna go what with the Bron- go first. I'm gonna go with the, the Jets and I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna go Jets plus two and a half. I like what they did this past week uh, against Kansas City. I think that um, Zach Wilson uh, has figured something out, and I think they're going to find a way to beat the Broncos in Denver. Broncos are minus two and a half? Yep. Put it on my little gay sheet here. I can't believe I said that. I I apologize. (laughs) I take the Broncos. Broncos, minus two and a half. So then we've got the Chiefs and... The Minnesota Vikings. Kansas City comes into Minnesota a three and a half point favorite. Who are you taking? Kansas City. Screw the Vikings. Chiefs minus three and a half. You're taking the Chiefs too. I already got it down as both. I am taking the Vikings plus three and a half points. Son of a bitch. Where is my horn sounder? How do I not have one? I'm taking the Vikings. I think Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. I think they keep it close. I think that Kansas City does win in the end, but I think it's only by one or two points. Cowboys versus 49ers, a Sunday night game in San Francisco. Game. Two of the best teams in the NFC. Cowboys at 49ers. 49ers are a four-point favorite at home. God, I don't trust Brock Purdy. I still don't. You first. I'm going to go first. And the greatest clip that I saw this week was Christian McCaffrey hurdling a guy and going into the end zone. And then it was a clip from the Longest Yard movie where Stone Cold says, that's how a white man runs the ball. Christian McCaffrey is a beast. He scores touchdowns. Brock Purdy, you better keep his name out your mouth. 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. 49ers remain perfect. They're the best team in football. Give me the 49ers minus four. I'm not going to say it as well as you. You're like, you're like bordering stuff now. You're like doing it. Like you're really committed. You're like going to school and you're like, <laughs> really. Yeah, I, I can't go away from San Fran here, unfortunately. And I don't I just hate the Cowboys. I do too. Then speaking of teams we hate, Monday night, 
the Raiders are one and a half point favorite at home versus Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. We're both taking the Raiders. Yes, we're both taking the Raiders. I will never pick the Raiders. I will never pick the Packers, even though I have to do a show with a cheese head on. We have to have Ludwig on for that, too. All right. So it is time for me to spin the wheel. As Shanna says, would you spin the wheel already? We're going to go ahead and spin the wheel. And I am going to spin the wheel three times again. See how it goes. Here we go. Spin number one. What would my fate have been if I chose to spin once? Jeremiah Morney, is it amazing how McCaffrey is mysteriously never heard? He's hurt all the time. <laughs> Ooh, I would have had to donate $20 to Fitz's sports betting account. Well, it's probably good because I probably would have wasted $20 because he can't bet I, to save his life. I drive to the casino. I can't have an app, man. Daddy's got an addictive personality. <laughs> <laughs> so it's agreed if I land on that one you're donating $20 to my account anyway pretty much and you're okay. betting for me alright perfect Ooh. oh I'm glad that that one was that one hand over your social media account for 24 hours <laughs> you, you'd be playing right into my hands I know is creativity that, that has to be that has to be oh your God. punishment it's all I if, got if I get that punishment, I'm going to be in trouble. All right, final spin. Here we go. Next week, we will be doing these punishments live. Yeah, we're going to the Fitz yeah. compound. We'll be doing these punishments. We'll catch up with all of them. So make sure you're tuned in next Sunday. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, you know, Nicole. Oh, so ready for this you should bring michelle actually my god this is awesome this is awesome <laughs> this is awesome oh this is awesome yeah, one year, bro, i fucking broke my back pretty much i will have to pick a portion of body hair my dick off to be waxed you know what's the worst part about this is that this is the one punishment that you were scared of <laughs> this this is the one punishment when we made this wheel and we came up with the punishments you said you were scared of well i said i wasn't gonna do chest hair so you're like eh, anybody part because there's yeah. some deep rooted stuff there basically under uh, the shirt and then there's a sweater so oh sorry for my wife Jeremiah says, I think Michelle should get to pick to which portion. Yes, no, 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 yes, no, yes. Yes. no. Yes. <laughs> absolutely not. Gosh, <laughs> shut up. Oh, this is terrible. This is terribly great. I cannot <laughs> believe it was that. <laughs> oh, my God. Which part is it going to be? Let's let's not leave everybody. My hanging. balls. No, I'm just joking. Oh 
that's it's it. I don't know yet. I'm gonna have to Google this and find out which part hurts the least. How are your tan lines looking? Yeah, you you look white like a ghost. Oh my god! A pretty hot summer. This is bad. All right, (laughs) (sighs) you're loving this. I'm not hating it. I'll tell you that I'm not hating it. This should be interesting. Next week gonna be nuts. False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. With that, it is time to get out of here. We will be back next week on our normal day on Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning from the Fitz compound, where we will be doing all sorts of punishments that we have to do. God, it's going to be bad. Oh, God. I don't even like when Michelle tries to pluck my eyebrows. Oh, my wife does. I have this oh, eyebrow. My God. She plucked it once. It sounded like a guitar string breaking. Oh my god! I she was pulling it from my freaking uh, from my Abdullah. Oh my god! This gotta suck. All right, let's. <laughs> no, it's one strip, Jeremiah. One strip. Well, we could do that in one strip. No, so- no, you shut your mouth. We're getting out of here. All right. Goodbye.